Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus the cheeseheads who want it fresh, and the ones who think Lambeau is a cathedral. This is Pax What She Said. Now, here's Perry Goldstein and Maggie Loney. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Pax What She Said podcast. It is our first game recap of the season. Week one happened. Uh, we almost wish it didn't, but <laughs> we are going to be here. Um, breaking down the Packers Vikings, the Packers loss to the Vikings week one of the 2022 NFL season. The Packers traveled to Minnesota. It was an afternoon game and kind of dropped a big old turd of a game. So <laughs> we are going to talk through. It might be a, a slight therapy session for you all to listen to. We will do our best to be as analytical as humanly possible. But curious, Maggie, what your gut reaction was to the game, because we're recording this on a Monday. So the game was yesterday. Waking up today, feeling any differently about the game than you did yesterday or feeling pretty much the same? So for me, and like, I don't know what this was, but I just, I don't think that my opinion on anything has changed that much. And maybe I'm in the minority in that, but like, once we found out that Bakhtiari and Jenkins were questionable, I immediately took that as they're not playing. So when I had that in my head going into Sunday's game with both of your tackles missing, we talked about it, you know, with Andy and Dusty on the pack a day, a happy hour on Friday, you know, without your quote unquote wide receiver one, you're in a hostile environment. It's loud. You're on the road. It's week one. Kevin O'Connell is an offensive minded head coach instead of a defensive minded head coach like Mike Zimmer. There was so much newness 
especially for the offense without Devonte, that it felt like the odds were stacked against them and one mistake was going to kind of set the tone. Mm-hmm. So then when the Packers opened things up and they had the drop on the very first play of the game, that would have been a one touchdown. It, it was enough. I think at that point for me to be like, okay, not that I thought they were out of it from that moment, but it just felt like they were going to need to play a really clean game. And they absolutely did not play that clean game on Sunday. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So you were pretty even keel from the jump (laughs) this loss doesn't you have no like long-term concerns about this team basically is what you're saying from this loss right and I mean I think the only thing that I can see being frustrated by outside of of course a lackluster performance and you know why is this team coming into week one looking so you know lukewarm I guess is just the fact that it's a division game right and you don't want to drop the games in your division but you know we saw last season that it didn't matter the Packers still won 13 games so as far as long-term concerned not yet but I think we're gonna need to see how this team specifically this defense responds let's say you know like in week three against the Bucks because that Bucks offense you could argue maybe even has more weapons than the Vikings offense does so those are the kind of things that I'm thinking about like long term yeah, and Bucks looked good last night. I mean, granted, the Cowboys looked bad, so there's a little bit of in between. Yeah, I um, I didn't feel great, but at the same time, obviously, well, first of all, never feel great about a loss, right? Especially right. about a loss that felt winnable. It, it did the whole time. Even when they got down, it still didn't feel like like it, I didn't really understand why the mood of the team when they were, even when they were down 17 to nothing felt like it was so insurmountable because they had plenty of opportunities. Now, yes. Does it suck that Christian Watson dropped what would have been a 75 yard touchdown? Sure. But he still was able to beat Patrick Peterson and, and get himself open. So there was opportunities potentially later on in the game that they didn't use on him. Is it really unfortunate? They were stuffed at fourth and one at the goal line Yes, but it wasn't like they didn't have the opportunities for it. And I did feel like I know my gut reaction last night was like, wow, the defense got torched by Josh, Justin Jefferson. This is not at all was what I was expecting from them. And yes, they did get torched by Justin Jefferson. But at the same time in the rewatch, they didn't actually play that poorly, right? Like there were some moments where they played quite well. Obviously, they need to game plan better for the Vikings' best player, but they still only held the Vikings to 23 points, which the Packers' offense theoretically should have been able to overcome. Um, and sure, there I think very clearly there's going to be more growing pains than I was expecting from this Packers' offense, especially, like you said, no both tackles, no Alan Lazard. But it just felt like a couple of missed opportunities, really by 12, that could have kept them in the game longer. Yeah, and I think one of the question marks that I have is, you know, this is Matt LaFleur's fourth season now, and I just, I always get the sense when the Packers are down, like they get punched in the mouth and they don't recover. And I think that's one of the critiques that we had going into even like his second season was when this team gets down, they don't know how to respond. And, you know, we saw flashes of them being able to rally and come back from some of those moments last season. And we thought like, okay, maybe the growth is there with this coaching staff and, you know, we're seeing improvement. And then, you know, for them to come out and put out the kind of performance that they did where they're talking about, you know, maybe the energy is flat or maybe it's something we're doing in practice or maybe guys aren't prepared. Then, you know, who does that fall on? It falls on the coaching staff. So I guess the question is in your fourth season, and I know there's some new pieces there. You've got a new offensive coordinator. 
Joe Barry's got a couple new pieces on defense, but primarily, you know, your leaders are still there. So where is the disconnect and why does this seem to happen regularly where the team gets down and there's no fight? Like if, if I were, I mean, I'm not in a locker room, obviously, but if I were one of the captains on the sideline, I think I'd be, you know, doing a little bit more on the sideline to get the guys fired up. And it felt like we only saw that from like AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones and they barely got to touch the football. So I don't know. Yeah, I completely agree. I think I am with you in that I'm not really going to overreact to one loss. And I, I've said that I said this, you know, we recorded pack a day last night, right after the, um, the game. And I, you know, I said, they did this week one last year and it ended up not mattering right at, at the end of the season. If you asked me about week one, I was like, Oh yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, Sure. You know, so hopefully that's what happens this season too. Right. So we, we don't know, there's no trends. There's one game, lots to overreact to, mm-hmm. but the trend is exactly what you just said, which is every time the Packers get punched in the nose under Matt LaFleur, they kind of spiral and it's not without leadership on this team. So Whatever they're doing, I think there there needs to be some kind of revamp of, you know, locker room pep talks or whoever is going to get, you know, be on the sidelines and say, guys, we're the Green Bay effing Packers. Like, we can go and beat this team. There's so much ball game left and not, you know, they panned the camera and they looked mopey. And I was like, guys, you are you are just as good, if not better than this team. And you can get back out there and and beat them um so it is and that falls on the coaching to me I agree with you it it does fall on the coaching um and it's something that they're going to have to fix because you're not always going to be ahead you know you you play in the National Football League with 31 other very you know professional teams who might be beating you and you have to be able to overcome those losses and I equated it a little bit to the 49ers game in that you know you get the Mercedes Lewis fumble and all of a sudden you know one bad thing happens and it's like we're done here, you know, and you feel like Christian Watson drops that pass at the beginning. I'm not blaming Christian Watson. Let me just put that out. I'm right. just saying as, as a comparison. And then it just feels like, oh, we just can't overcome this, this, this thing for some reason. Um, they have to figure out a way around that. Yeah. And I mean, I think too, it's it's really easy looking back, you know, of course, Matt LaFleur is going to come out on the fourth and one goal line stand and say like, yeah, I should have called a better play. Like, of course, yeah, if it doesn't work out, the the answer is always I should have done better. But there's moments where you need your, your leaders on the team to be leaders. And yes, yeah. as much as we want to talk about the coaching, you know, we, we've talked about this with Aaron Rodgers for for the last 17 seasons. And, you know, at this point he gets away with a lot of things because he is a four-time MVP back-to-back MVP. But in some situations, you know, it's like, Hey, you have to throw the ball away here. You can't take a sack. And, you know, is that all his fault? No, he was working with a hodgepodge offensive line for some of this game and scrambling and the, the protections were bad. And, you know, but he said after the game, like, we're professional football players. Like even the rookies are professional football players. And there just has to be a point where as much as you try to take leadership and ownership of things and, and make plays happen, you just have to stick to the game plan and you have to execute. Because I think a lot of this falls on a lack of execution and maybe even guys trying to do too much when they're, they're getting away from that, you know, the cliche one eleventh. Yeah. I completely agree on execution. I, I think that, I'm going to give the game plan the benefit of the doubt and assume they went into this game and said, we know we don't have two of our best offensive linemen in, so we're going to game plan around that, which means 
get the ball out really quickly, right? Try to call protections that we know these guys are maybe better at, lean on some of our players. I mean, the run game when it was working was really working. And yet really for some working. reason, Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon barely got any touches. Like they're some somehow they got away from it. And I do think part of that is probably on Matt Fleur, but part of that is, like you said, on Aaron Rodgers. He was holding the ball for a long time. He was scrambling. And sure, maybe that works if you have a Devontae Adams out there where they're like telepathic in the scramble drill and he can get himself open or he can come back to Aaron Rodgers like he likes. But you're out there now with Sammy Watkins, who you've never played with before, and two rookies who don't know your scramble grill. (laughs) We know what you mean. (laughs) Scramble drill. And it's just not going to work out like that. So let's try to pick the tempo up, maybe get the ball out faster, be that game elite game manager, you know, that he was the last two seasons when he won MVP. He, his almost like anxious pivot is like to be play hero ball again. And it just ended up not working out because no one could get open. Yeah. And I think the the thing that I'm looking for now in the next couple of weeks specifically is like Tom Clemens is back. So a lot of the, like the stuff that maybe we're used to seeing the tendencies from Aaron Rodgers, like, you know, he got his guy back, like the guy that he has been the most comfortable with that he won a Super Bowl with, like his quarterback coach that he has advocated for and basically dragged out of retirement to say, Hey, come help me win this ring so that I too can ride off into the sunset. He's here now. And I know that, you know, they showed him on the sidelines looking really frustrated because you do have guys running the wrong routes. And I know he said, or, you know, the speculation at least was that he threw a pick on a busted coverage where he thought maybe, you know, somebody jumped off sides and it was a free play. Regardless of any of that, you know, this game should have been and could have been much closer than it was. You're talking about a couple, you know, the ball bouncing the wrong way kind of plays and you're right back into this thing. So I just, I want to see that progression in the next couple of weeks now. And honestly, I know we're not talking about that today, but if there's a team to bounce back against Lambeau Field at home, yeah, it's, it's yeah. a good atmosphere to do that. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. couple other things, and... I have to give um, Alex Strofe props because he asked Andy and I this on Pack a Day last night. But do you think the outcome of this game would have been different if Alan Lazard had played? I think maybe there is another touchdown on the board. You know, like maybe it's like 23-14 or like, you know, maybe we think the Packers moved the chains a little bit because it did look like, you know, on third down, we saw Randall Cobb get a couple snags where it felt like it was just one of those trust moments where Rogers in those kind of panic looks is going to go towards the guys that he trusts. And Lazard has always kind of been one of his guys on third down. So maybe to that extent, but I don't think it would have like tipped the scales in favor for the Packers. I think, I think the keys to success on Sunday, regardless of Lazard was playing or not, were AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones. And I think that's the biggest discrepancy is the fact that they, I think they could have been the difference maker and they were eligible and able to be. And that, I think is where the fault lied yeah. largely for the offense. Yeah. It was just such a missed opportunity. I think, mm-hmm. um, especially when you look at like Aaron Jones getting what, like eight touches the whole game. Like that's just, that's malpractice. Um, I would tend to agree with you. I, I don't know if Alan Lazard would have been like the game winner, mm-hmm. but I do think there maybe Rogers would have just had an added security blanket or maybe, 
Lazard could have made a couple of those plays a little bit during the scrambling, you know, cause he knows what Rogers likes. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what it's like when he's back for sure, especially about the distribution of snaps, because I think he, for what it's worth, he Rogers tried to disperse the ball around quite a bit to all their playmakers. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the last thing I'll say, you know, before we wrap this up is just, I've been thinking about this a lot since the game and it's, it's a very old cliche, but it's, jimmies and joes not x's and o's and sometimes i feel like with the packers whether it's you know defensively or even offensively on sunday there's like a tendency to lean on your x's and o's and try to to make your scheme you know do too much and i feel like this was one of those perfect examples of a game where you needed to just let your players be the difference Mm -hmm. even defensively too like you know i think we overthought it and it was like hey the x's and o's dictate that we should run our scheme this way and you've got Jimmy and Joe all pro. And I think that there was an opportunity there to let them be the difference in the game instead. So that's, that's, it's a very old cliche, but it's what I've been thinking about a lot since, since the loss. I love it. I think that is so well said. Um, any other post game items, any concerns around some of the other injuries that we want to discuss do we think we get either tackle back for the Bears game? I'm going to be optimistic and say that Elton Jenkins is back. But I'm probably by Wednesday. I'm not going to think that anymore. So <laughs> if you're listening to this not on Monday, we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm feeling more and more pessimistic as the days go on about David Bontiari. Yeah, I don't want to put it out there and I hope I'm wrong, but it's hard not to start to be like very, very concerned when, um, you know, it's been quite a while since that injury and there's been numerous setbacks. So you just hope that they can figure out a way to get that knee healthy. Yeah. And I mean, I think the, the biggest thing in all of this too, is like as frustrated as all of us are, yeah. you know, he's like 300 times more frustrated and it's got, I mean, it's gotta be hard. Like we've seen players never able to fully recover from their injuries. And honestly, I had concerns that Z was going to be a shell of himself because as friend of the show, Jacob Westendorf used to say, I've never known somebody that had a bad back. Like once you have a bad back, even if you get surgery, some of those things linger and you know, you're hoping that it's hard to say it hasn't or it can still linger when it's been a 20 month recovery, but it seems like this is one of those things that is continuing to linger longer than I think anybody would have expected it to for David. And just, you hope that it's not like a career altering thing at this point, which it's hard as the days go by to, to feel optimistic that it's not. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, I don't want to end on a pessimistic note. So (laughs) um, we will be back for a bears preview later this week. Um, We will be talking about all the things we hope the Packers do. We will be chatting about what the score we think will be is, which we are going to predict a win. Um, They're going to need a bounce back win. They have we seen back to back losses yet from Matt LaFleur? Only if you count the preseason going into the regular or the postseason going into the preseason. So, okay. So, technically, no. no. Technically, no. So, feeling good. I do feel like there's a lot of film, right? A lot of things to work on. Um, the sky is not falling. Uh, the rewatch made me feel better, right? It's never as high or low as, as you think it is. And um, they're the Green Bay Packers. So they're going to, they're going to figure it out. Yeah. And 
you know, you can check us out this week on Odyssey Sports. We did just, just sign with Odyssey, so you can find us there. You can find us on Twitter at PWSS Podcast. You can find us on Twitch and YouTube, which many of you are on right now at Pax What She Said, and also on Instagram. You can find Perry on Twitter at Perry underscore Goldstein, and you can find me on Twitter at Maggie J. Loney. Thank you for joining us. We'll be back next week, hopefully breaking down a W this time. And go pack up. Go pack up.